Good morning, and I preach that wonderful and precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've come together this morning to, to hear the Word of God, and I pray it. I'm going to be the witness and, and a disciple to bring it as it should be brought. Um, it's a long time since I stood up in front of everybody. I think it's nearly five years, I think, in this church. So it's a real exciting time for me. And my sermon this morning is called, Is a Reason for Everything. I had a, a, a cremation service last week where the devil attacked me and just took me to pieces. And I'm still, still smarting from that. And um, when I was speaking, I could hear my voice in the microphone like I'm hearing this morning. But it wasn't getting further than, I think, the back door there. And there was like 300 people in this, in this uh, hall. And at the end, they come and said, oh, we couldn't hear you. You sounded like you were underwater. And I just felt devastated, broken. I read it. I wanted to just run away. So this morning, I pray that God's going to have his hand on me. And he will give you something that you can take away this week and be ready for in the week to come. Everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by his power. And everything is for his glory. In Romans 11.36, the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. That's Proverbs 16.4. It's all for him. We are his instruments. We that have accepted Jesus as our Savior are, are, the, are the clay that he works with us and works through us. So we can't take any glory. So we must give every bit of glory to God because he is leading us, he's guiding us. The ultimate, ultimate goal of the universe is to show the glory of God. It is the reason for everything that exists, including you and myself. God has made it for all his glory. Without God's glory, there would be nothing. And what is the glory of God? It is who God is. It is the essence of his nature, the weight of his importance, the radiance of his splendor, the demonstration of his power, and the atmosphere of his presence. God's glory is the expression of his goodness and all his other intersex equal eternal qualities. Where is the glory of God? Look around us. We are the glory of God. Everything created by God reflects his glory in the same way. We see it everywhere, from the smallest microscopic form of life to the vast Milky Way, from the sunsets and the stars to storms and seasons. Creation re reveals our creation's, creator's glory. In nature, we learn that God is powerful, extremely powerful, that he enjoys variety, loves beauty, is organized, and is wise and creative. Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The angels sing the music. Throughout history, God has, has revealed his glory to people in different settings. He has revealed it first in the Garden of Eden, then to Moses, then in the tabernacle and the temple. Then through Jesus, and now through the church. 
It is portrayed as a consuming fire, a cloud, thunder, smoke, a brilliant light in the heaven. God's glory provides all light, all the light needed. In Revelation 21, 23, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God lights it all up. And the glory is best seen in Jesus Christ, he the light of the world. He was just born a couple of days ago. Once again, we celebrated his birth in this church. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody will get to the Father but by me, by him, because he says that's in John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody will come to the Father but by me. So if we don't accept Jesus and look, look to him, we are going to get nowhere. We won't get anywhere. He is the light of the world. He illuminates God's nature. Because of Jesus, we are no longer in the dark about what God is really like. Hebrews 1.3, the son of, of radiance of God's glory. Jesus came to the earth so we could fully understand. John 1.14, the word became flesh and lived, lived among us. We saw his glory and the glory of grace and truth. God's inherited glory is what he possesses because of he is God. He is, it is his nature. We cannot add anything to his, this glory. Just as it would be impossible for us to make the sun shine brighter, but we are commanded to recognize his glory. I don't think I will inherit anything on this earth because... I've got many much rich families in that. But what I am trying to do is build up my inheritance. That when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to get a, a big, big, what they call a boodle in the Afrikaans. A big boodle, and I'll, I'll be so happy to have that. But we are commanded to recognize his glory, honor his glory, declare his glory, praise his glory, reflect his glory, and live for his glory. Why? Because God deserves it. We owe him every honor we can possibly give. Since God made all things, he des deserves all the glory. In Revelations 4.11, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created everything. In, in the entire universe, only two of God's creations failed to bring glory to him. And it's fallen angels, demons, and us the people. All sin at its root is failing to give God glory. It is loving anything else other than God. Refusing to bring glory to God is prideful, prideful rebellion. It is the sin that caused Satan's fall and ours as well with, um, with, uh, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. In different ways we have all lived for our own glory, not God's. Romans 6.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us have given God the full glory he deserves for our lives. This is the worst sin and the biggest mistake we can make. On the other hand, living for God's glory is the greatest achievement we can accomplish with our lives. Isaiah 43.7 they are, they are my people and I have created them to bring me glory. So it ought to be supreme goal for all our lives to bring God the glory that he deserves.
Often I do things and I do these things that, and people say, oh, that is wonderful. You did this. You. But it's not me. It's God working through me. I will not take a scrap of, of glory because I am nothing. Only God working through me can do anything for me. I've always been nothing in my life, and I think when I go, I'll still be nothing. But God working through you, you can do anything. Believe me. I've seen it sometimes. I've even got to pinch myself to make sure it's me that's doing these things because I could never do it before. But God with me, can, we can do anything. How can I bring glory to God? John 17, 4. I brought, brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you told me to do. Jesus honored God by fulfilling his purpose on earth. We honor God the same way. When every, anything in creation is fulfilled, fulfills its purpose, it brings glory to God. Birds bring glory to God by flying, chirping, resting, doing the bird-like activities that God intended. Even the low, lowly ant brings glory to God when it fulfills its purpose as it was created for. I could see my wife with ants. Oh, my hat. She goes off her head. The ants are in the sugar. The ants are everywhere. What must I do? You see, hitting it putting stuff down, but the ants don't run away. They're there. They're looking for food for their, for their army and for their people. So, things, so ants are a menace, but God's created them for a purpose. God made ants to be ants, and he made you to be you. St. Irenaeus said, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. There are many ways to bring glory to God, but they can be summarized in God's, God's five purposes for your life. We bring glory to God by worship, worshiping him. Worship is our first responsibility to God. We must worship God by enjoying him. C.S. Lewis said, I am commanding you to glorify him. When you use your life to God's glory, everything you, can, you do can become an act of worship. Romans 7.13, use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. <clears throat> we bring God glory by living, uh, loving other, other believers. When you are born again, you become a part of God's family. Following Christ is not just a matter of believing. It, is also, it also includes belonging and learning to love the family of God. 1 John 3.14, our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. Romans 15.7, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, and God will be glorified. It is your responsibility to learn how to love as God does, because God is love, and it honors him. John 13.34.35, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Bring glory to God by becoming like Christ. Once we are born into God's family, he wants us to grow into spiritual maturity. What does he, that look like? Spiritual maturity is becoming like Jesus in the way we think, we act, and feel. The more you develop Christ-like character, the more you will bring God, glory to God. 2 Corinthians 13, 18, as the Spirit of the Lord works within us and become more and more like Him and reflect His glory even more. God gave you a new life and a new nature when you accepted Christ. 
Now for the rest of your life on earth, God wants to continue to the process of changing your character. Now before I met the Lord, I was in the world for nearly 50 years, floating around, not believing things, not doing things the right way. But, but God never gave up on me. And I look back on those 50 years before I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And there were so many things that I'd gone wrong with. But when the crisis came, myself and Mary were always in those places where we were needed the most. And I used to hear a voice, but I thought it was something else. I didn't even open my ears to it. Because when you haven't got Christ in your life, you're deaf, you're blind. And you just don't hear anything. You don't want to hear anything. I was pursuing God's people. And when the time came when God said, now I've had enough of this, I'm going to force you into what, what I want you to do. That was the time that opened my eyes. And uh, I've told most of you people my, my testimony. I don't think anybody wants to hear it again. But it was God's way of getting me to change over, turn my life around, to become what he wanted me to be. And... Um, Today, when I get up and I wake up and I look around, I think to myself, what was those 50 years I've wasted? Why did it take me so long? But you know, my beloved friends, it was God's plan that only when I turned nearly 50 did I, did I really get to know Jesus as I should. Yet all the other time I was apprentice, doing things I didn't even know I was doing for God. I was a disciple, unsaved, but doing things still. And when... I accepted Jesus in my eyes. The scales fell off my eyes and I opened. I saw, I saw. This is what God wanted me to do all the time. But I was stubborn, I was rebellious. So you've got to think. And, and Jesus is with me wherever I walk, I know. And when these things go wrong, I believe it's just a trial to see, am I, am I really doing what I should be doing? Am I really a child of God? Not turning away from him and, and, and persecuting him, but he's there. He's here with us now. I said, two more together. God is with us. The Spirit was there. He gave us the Spirit, and sometimes I do things that I used to do before I, I knew the Lord, and I thought it was nothing. And then you get a conviction. And, hey, no, that's not the right thing now. Really. And you think about it, and you think, but it is wrong. The Holy Spirit is it's warning. That's why He's giving you the Spirit to lead you, to guide you, and to give you all that you need to go on the right trail. To be that disciple, be that witness. We bring God glory by serving others with our gifts. Each of us was uniquely designed by God with talents, gifts, skills, and abilities. The way you're wired is not an accident. God didn't give you your abilities for self-purpose. They were given to benefit others, just as others were given abilities for your benefit. In 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given gifts to each of you for his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's gener generosity can flow through you. And you call to help others. Do, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then God will be given the glory. We bring glory to God by telling others about him. He doesn't want us to love and want his love and purposes kept secret. Once we know the truth, he expects us to share with others. This is a 
great privilege, introducing others to Jesus, helping them discover their purpose and preparing them for their eternal destiny. 2 Corinthians 4.15, as God's grace brings more and more people to Christ, God will receive more and more glory. What will you live for? Living the rest of your life for the glory of God will require a change in your properties, your priorities, your schedules, your relationships, and everything else. It will also, it will sometimes be choosing a dif difficult path instead of an easy one. Even Jesus struggled with this. Knowing he was about to be crucified, John 12, 27, 28, my soul has come, become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I am to this, this hour. Father, glorify your name. So he never gave up and turned away from God. He was there all the time. Jesus stood at the fork of, in the road. Would he fulfill his purpose and bring glory to God? Or would he shrink back and live a comfortable, self-centered life? You face some choices. You will live your own, own, your own goals, comforting, pleasure, or will you live the rest of your life in God's glory, knowing that he has promised eternal rewards? John 12, 25, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroyed, that, as it is destroyed, that life, but if you let it go, you will have it forever, real and eternal. It's time to settle this issue. Who are you going to live for? Yourself or God? You may hesitate, wondering whether you will have strength to live for God. Friends, it's not an easy life. There's lots of trials, there's lots of tribulations. You get into places where you get stuck fast, but God never lets you down. He's there for you. He helps you through those trials, those tribulations. Everything that goes into life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. Right now, God is inviting you to live for his glory by fulfilling the purpose he has made for you. It's really the only way to live. Everything else is just existing. The real life begins by committing yourself completely to Jesus Christ. If you are not sure you have done this, all you need to do is receive and believe. John 1.12 says, To all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Would you accept that? Is there someone here this morning that doesn't know God or Jesus as his Savior? He's got to ask for forgiveness. It says, call in the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. And you can be saved this morning. As easy as that. But afterwards, following Jesus is not as easy as we think it is. We've got to be careful. We've got to show, we live Christ-like. We've got to show our way. We should do everything else that we've got to do. So of this is what I say. First, believe. Believe God loves you and made you for his purpose. Believe you are not an accident. Believe God has chosen you to have a relationship with Jesus who died on the cross for you. Believe that no matter what you've done, 
God wants to forgive you. Second, receive. Receive Jesus, Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. Receive his forgiveness for your sins. Receive his spirit who will give you the power to fill, fulfill all your life purposes. John 3.36, whoever accepts, accepts and trusts the Son gets in on everything, life complete and forever. Whatever you are, uh, are thinking this morning, we need Jesus Christ in our lives. We need him to be with us at all times. And I can mention so many things standing here this morning, what God has done for me in this year. Like my wife has had a terrible lung infection. She had a terrible thing. And uh, when the x-ray showed, the lungs are really completely ruined with scarring and that. Yes, she did a lung function test, and it was a 92% breathing. So God is giving her the breath to carry on. Although she's got this bad situation, she trusts in God. She believes in God, and that's why she's carrying on. I believe in God because I get into some situations where I don't know how I'm going to get out, and I call on God, and I get out of them. People, I'm not telling you this because I want you to just properly. I've, I've experienced everything that has happened to me I can tell you about, and God has always been there with his hand on me. So this morning, please, just... Think about Jesus as your Savior, and I'm going to close off with a prayer now. Let us pray together. Almighty God, Father, we come once again before you this morning. Thank you for your son Jesus that you gave to die on that cross first more than 2,000 years ago. Thank you that he took all our sins and pestilences, whatever else was wrong in this world, that even God and uh, could shut his eyes and couldn't look at him. But, Father, we thank you that he went through that. He went right through to the end, Lord. And that's why we can stand here today and just praise you and glorify you and worship you. We ask that you'll be with each one this morning, Lord. Each one has come here this morning. We ask them that you will just, they will just look to you, lift their eyes to you, and know that you are the God and Savior of all of us. And this morning, as we leave, we ask for journey mercies and a hedge of protecting angels around each one. All the homes represented, Lord, we ask that you'll be blessed in each one of those. And this morning, Father, we just say thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.